Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Defeat. My defeat. My deathless courage. You and I shall laugh together with the storm. And together we shall dig graves for all that die in us. And we shall stand in the sun with a will. And we shall be dangerous. Welcome to Cop On Podcast, you sweet, tart and juicy clementine. My name is Owen and those opening lines come from the great Lebanese poet Khalil Gibran. If you haven't already done so, do check out his oeuvre. It really is quite masterful. Speaking of masterful, Liverpool Football Club notched up their 20th win in 21 games against Tottenham of the Hotspurs on the weekend. And here to talk about that, talk about our next match against Manchester United and talk about many other wonderful things, here are some Reds from around the world. Dave, Matt and Brian. Enjoy. You Gorgeous listener, enjoy. Here I am. Um, City are playing at the moment. Uh, we don't care. Uh, I'm joined by three Liverpool fans around the world in Australia, Hong Kong, Ireland. Absolutely delighted to be joined by Matt and by Brian and by Dave. Dave, I'm going to start with you. Um, it doesn't matter, City, does it? I mean, looking at the table, we're, we're what, what is it, 14 points clear with a game in hand after City are beating Villa. Um, how do you feel when you look at the table? Because it's, it's, it's weird, isn't it, Dave? Yes, Tom. We are the inglorious bastards. We are just <laughs> glorious at the moment. As you said, I think City are battering Villa. It was 5-0 before I came upstairs to do this. It's probably 28-0 at this stage. It doesn't matter. I don't care what the, what City do. Once we win our games, we're 14 points clear with a game in hand. It's Thierry unreal. It's unbelievable. I, I just can't believe it. I wake up in the morning and still be looking at the table because I still I think I'm dreaming. It's Area 51 stuff on. It's unbelievable. <laughs> That's a great answer. Yeah, I mean, it is. I, I'm the same. I wake up and I, and I check the table going, wow, um, it's poof. It, it Does it give you a sense of vertigo, Matt? I mean, welcome to Cop On as well as your first time here. I mean, you know, we, uh, we need to guard against complacency too because nothing is guaranteed. We still need 35 more points to guarantee us this elusive title. So it's far from over, isn't it? It, Matt? I think it is. Like I'm amazed, and thanks for having me on. But it it doesn't feel real. It, I keep on hearing the pundits talk about the team as being the best ever, and and yes, I think we're amazing, obviously. But I think there's lots of areas for improvement. Like it's a scary thought, don't you think? Like a team as good as this can improve. Like what are we going to look like when we actually improve? That's a great answer. Where where do you think we can improve? It's a tough one. I I feel like. Like we're going to talk about the Tottenham game in a second, but there's areas where I feel sometimes we lose our way a little bit. Like there's where when we control the game, you can really tell we're controlling the game. And there's other areas like the last half an hour in the Tottenham game where I felt we were reacting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, we'll we'll get on to to get into that in a bit more detail. But yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, footballing perfection. Um, I mean, have have you really seen it? I mean, even Barcelona 5, Real Madrid 0 a few years ago, that was an incredible... I think that's probably the closest I've ever seen to football in perfection. But real football in per- perfection is when you beat your rival 10-0. So I don't think it exists. But looking at that table, Brian... 61 points out of 63 new records being broken everywhere uh, the the best start ever not just in the premier league but in 
any of the top five European leagues. And when you think that, uh, you know, PSG, I looked at their run-in to the season, they're playing Nîmes and Dijon and teams like that. And you, you, and you think, well, well, how the heck have Liverpool started a season better than them in the Premier League, which is so competitive? How are you feeling about it all? Oh, just orgasmic. I'm just walking around with the biggest smile on my face. I have the fuck you look on my eyes because week in, week out, game in, game out, Liverpool just make easy work of everybody. Like there's not a single team today that, that, that I mean, we'll speak about the Spurs team, a Spurs game, but it was just like every other game. We just bossed it. We just squeezed the life out of them. And the, 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 the points total, the records that we're breaking every week, there seems to be a different record that we've just surpassed. And now we focus on the next big record. Um, ah, it, it, I'm, lo- I'm lost for words with this team. They're just so unbelievable. They are indeed. But I mean, you said it was another win. You used the word easy, though. I would suggest it wasn't easy yesterday. I mean, how were your nerves for the last, you know, 15, 20 minutes of that match, Brian? Uh, Totally fine. Absolutely fine. I, 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 uh, I have full faith in this team. I mean, if I mean, we were playing Spurs at Spurs uh, with Mourinho managing them. There was bound to be a section of the game where they had a little bit of momentum. I mean, I was talking to my uh, my buddy about this and uh, we were saying one of the things that Liverpool does so well these days is not only do we manage the game, but we managed the, fan, the, the the momentum of the game. So the fans in the stadiums, especially the away, you know, the away um, games, they can't really get get going because they they only have like little small periods of of spells in the game where they can put stuff together, and then uh, Liverpool get the ball back again and just start knocking it back around, around the back to version, and you can almost feel the air leave the stadium when they think oh fuck it we're not going to see the ball again now for like 10 15 minutes so uh i mean uh, yeah they had they had their chances but i mean if you look at the statistics for the game we had i don't know 700 nearly 800 passes to their 300 odd um they had a couple of spats and they had obviously had a couple of uh, sitters that if they had taken them it would have been a different story, but no, I just thought even if they did, even if they had scored in that last period where they were like really, uh, well, they were stringing a few attacks together. Uh, I feel that we could take it up a notch. I don't. I did, I thought we were playing well within ourselves throughout that game. That was the for me. I, I mean, you probably disagree with that, but this, but this, that was the easiest Spurs game I, I've seen for a very, very, very long time. Like Pochettino's team in their plum when they were on it gave you a very, very, very tough game. And and they would you would have to defend quite a bit. But I didn't feel like we defended that much in that game, to be honest with you. Interesting stuff. I mean, would, would you agree with that uh, assessment, Matt? I don't know. I, I guess my question is, I felt like they look a little bit leggy, our team, in the last 20 minutes. And... Obviously, Jose changed up his tactics and, and, you know, threw parking the bus out the window. But, I mean, Klopp talked about it in his post-conference as well, just that idea that, you know, having so many games in a row and then having a bit of a break actually was a bad thing and it kind of stopped the rhythm. And so I guess I'm going to disagree with Brian a little bit. I felt a little bit nervous at the end there. I mean, I always felt that we would, you know, even if it was in injury time, I felt like we'd find a way to get back. But I did feel a little bit nervous. Although I have to say, uh, I think it was like around the 74th minute, Sun missed. And can I just say that I love watching Sun miss. I could watch Sun missing on video all day long. It really warms my heart. But I have to say, a bit nervous. And I feel like I almost feel a little bit, every game that we just win, I feel even more nervous each time. That's interesting. That's interesting. What about you, Dave? You... Tell us about your your nerves. Were they nerves of steel, or were you sort of you know frantically eating at your fingernail? <laughs> I was actually last ten minutes. I was nervous when Son missed that one with about fifteen to go. I was like this because the first half was so good. We were in control. We bossed it. 
Bobby scored in the 37th minute, but I thought we, we needed a second. We're away from home. We're in that shiny new stadium, Spurs new stadium for the first time. They're missing a few players, of course. Harry Kane was with um, the England diving team, the Olympic diving team, I think. But other than that, they had a few chances, but we had a lot of chances too. And we would have really rooted them if they would have got an equaliser. I think Celso in the last few minutes slid in. How he missed, I don't know. But I was nervous a little bit. It's going to get nervy. It's going to get nervy from now on in. Because we haven't won it in three decades, every game, if it's only 1-0, and we're coming into the last 10-15, it's going to be nervous. I mean, it's, it's unnatural to think that it wasn't, you weren't nervous. I have, I have confidence in the team. Of course I do. The run we have, as you just said, 61 out of 63 points. Record breakers all over the place. Um, the BBC program and kids program in the 80s record breakers we would have been on that by now but of course I'm nervous um, last 10 if you don't finish your chances there's always that chance that you can let in a goal and things change but um, we didn't do it we got the win we're finding ways to win when we're not even playing particularly brilliant and um, we weren't even we we're playing through the gears and as one of the lads said earlier I think if they would have scored we could have moved up a gear we were playing within ourselves but um, a win's a win away from home. Away wins in the Premier League don't come easy. And um, we played pretty well. And I think, to be honest, I think we played within ourselves and deserved to win that game. Um, well, three very interesting answers. Yeah, absolutely. With the, I, you know, I, um, I agree. That I, well, I thought it was... I mean, if often if the last... If you reversed the game, so we started and the first 10 or 15 minutes were were nervous and then the rest of it we showed the control um, that we showed... I mean, you know, the reality was we were getting complete control until about the 70th minute or so. Um, because, you know, looking at the stats, uh, I've got quite a few here. There's, uh, for example, we had... Uh, uh, 87% pass success with 66.8% possession but that went down by about 10% in those last 10 minutes and sometimes when you get a nervy last 10 minutes like that it sort of sullies the way that you know you remember the whole performance because I thought actually we were we were pretty brilliant and there were a number of people um, who had actually, I think, really good games. Um, I want to talk about them. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is Alisson. Uh, because in the final, in, in, in the Champions League final, I was not nervous at all. I was watching it with our friend on Cop on Fergus. And um, he was getting a little bit nervy as that game went on because it was only 1-0. But I, w- I just had 100% faith in Alisson. This season... Um, even though we've we've got what six uh, clean sheets in a row now in the Premier League, um, Allison is is now he's back at that level for me where, um, you know, I I just I just love the guy. I mean he's he's a monster at the back, and Spurs must hate him, Brian. They must hate us and hate Allison. As, as much as the sort of the the yin to our yang of adoration. <laughs> yeah, listen, my man crush for Alison continues. Every time I see that beautiful man, I just think he needs <laughs> he needs to have a horse, like a big white horse. He should come to every game on a big horse with his beautiful <laughs> Italian hair flowing. He just exudes everything that is right with humanity right now, you know? Forget about the football. That is a specimen of a man right there. And I think you're right. I mean, when he's at the back, he he has that magic quality that the best goalkeepers um, have. Like this kind of almost super, like he should be in a Marvel movie, you know, flying through the universe, beating the bad guys. He's like Buffon and um, uh, that that, uh, Scandinavian keeper who played for that shit team. Um, back in the 90s. They have this kind of aura about them. And, uh, yeah, you just feel like now you know, he's uh, healthy and fit again. You know, if, if they manage to get through the n- numerous layers of defensive play this team puts up in front of te- teams every week, eventually they get a chance to beat Allison. And, you know, chances are they're not gonna, it has to be an absolutely unsavable shot. For, for to get past him. And I think because of that, by the time they get like the the opposition strikers or players, by the time they they 
work their way through our team. There's, they're under so much pressure, and they have him in his he- in their heads. That's why a lot of these players are skying the ball. Um, and yeah, I agree. He's brilliant. It's just a great, great performance from. Excellent answer. Yeah, absolutely. He's Wolverine. He's Clint Eastwood. And uh, I don't know who, whoever the greats of humanity are, um, all, all all rolled into one. Um, yeah, what a guy! What a guy! Um, I'm not quite sure how many saves he made, but it was plenty. And what I loved about his performance is that he was catching stuff, whereas you know a little while ago he was sort of palming stuff away as in the sort of Italian style. Now he's just I don't know he's catching stuff, and um, I, I I I mean. He's terrific. Who else stood out uh, for you, Matt? Was uh, I mean, there were lots of good performances, I thought. Yes, there was. I mean, just with Alison, the, I mean, he came out of his box like three or four times and just really controlled. And I think whenever he comes out, I get a little bit nervous just because we obviously had that card previously uh, that shall not be mentioned. But he just, when he came out, he like you can imagine being the attacker and then looking up and going, what the hell? Where'd he come from? So he was amazing. Can we talk quickly about Lalana? I have to admit, I'm not a huge Lalana fan and I'm not sure why, but I have to say when, when I see him being subbed on, I'm always a little bit disappointed because I'm thinking about all the other options we have. But I have to say when he came on, he was outstanding. He was attacking defense, nonstop running. Like he was even doing some few, like a little, few tricky little touches I didn't even know he could do so I was really impressed uh, with him I gotta say that Mane was right up there for me as well just in the sense that I I didn't know he could defend so well so he was super impressive as well that's a great answer yeah you're right to bring up Adam Lallano um I've I've uh, changed my mind on him at this at the start of uh at the start of last season, I think it was, I said there were two players I was down on. That was Lalana and Moreno in the whole squad. Lalana's completely flipped that around. And now I see him warming up and I think, yeah, he can do a job, especially if we're already 1-0 up in the game. I thought, I thought you know, he's exactly the, the kind of cool head, the technical guy, the guy who will run and press and harry, but at the same time on the ball, stay as cool as a box of cucumbers. Um, I did find some stats uh, on uh, Alison Becker. He, he's made 51 Premier League appearances for Liverpool. He's kept 27 clean sheets. We've won 42 of those 51 games and we've lost only one. Oh, it's nice having the best keeper in the world, isn't it, Dave? And, um, you know, uh, Matt also... Brought up Lalana, brought up Mane. Who, who, who were the standouts for you, Dave? Can I just say one thing about my friend Alison Becker? Alison is in Wonderland, and he's bringing his Reds fans into Wonderland with him. What a goalkeeper! We've more clean sheets than a five-star hotel. We are looking good. Other players stood out for me. Brilliant, Dave. Genie, genie in the middle, genie out of the bottle. Wow, he made my wish come true. What a midfield performance. He <laughs> ran around. He ran around like a headless chicken, but an intelligent headless chicken, if there's such a thing. He was brilliant all over the pitch. Firmino got the goal, but his work rate, his link play, I think he got the official man of the match. Bobby Nolan, Firmino. What a finish. What a touch and finish. Oh, wow. I mean, there was heroes all over the pitch, but I think those three boys stood out the most. Alice in the Wonderland, Genie out of the bottle, Nolan, Bobby. Everybody else was brilliant. As um, one of the lads said, Lalana, Lalana was not wearing his pyjamas when he came on because he was wide awake. He was brilliant. He didn't lose the ball once. That's the options we have now going forward, guys. It's looking really, really good. It was a controlled professional performance against Spurs yesterday, and it needed to be. But um, overall, brilliant. Can I just talk about that goal by Bobby? Like that, that wind-up in his left leg... Like, I would have hated to be that goalie. Like, watching the power starting to amass in that wind-up, it was, like, crackling with the electricity. It's it's like watching, like, it was, like, to me, it was like watching an anime or something like Dragon Ball, just, like, and, yeah, it's just there was no way that you could have stopped that. Yeah, brilliant. Dragon Ball, I love it. It, it, it um... It's uh, it's so great to watch. I mean, to put it into context, I mean, these our start being um, the best ever 
uh, in Europe's top five leagues. I do have a great graphic in front of me from uh, BR Football. Um, our 20 wins uh, and one draw puts us on 61 points out of 63. The other teams on this list um, on 59 points, there are three teams, right? You had Bayern Munich um, under Pep Guardiola, 13-14 season. You had Manchester City, of course, their 100-point season under Pep Guardiola. And then under uh, Allegri, Max Allegri, you had um, last season's Juventus were 59 points out of 63. So they're sort of equal second in the history books. And then equal third in the history books um, is uh, three uh, three more teams. Uh, the great Chelsea team of 05-06 when Frank Lampard was in his prime and, and uh, John Terry and Claude Makélélé. Oh, what a player he was. Uh, managed by uh, Jose Mourinho when he was good. And uh, uh, the other two teams on 58 points were um, both Barcelona teams, 10-11 under Guardiola again, and 12-13. So this is the kind of company that this team is in. And thinking of that goal, I mean, it just, in a lot of ways, it's, it's, it's just a typical, brilliant uh, Liverpool goal that this team is capable of because first of all it's a throw-in and Thomas Gronemark our throw-in coach the much maligned uh, when he joined uh, the club is now exalted uh, people are writing hymns about him as we speak because our throw-ins have improved so much um and then, you know, it basically is a, there's some, you know, dodgy defending here and there. The ball comes to the edge of the box and I paused it. I've watched this goal about 10 times and I paused it. There are six Spurs defenders, OK, in the box, all of them, you know, within a reasonable distance of the ball so they can impact the game. Six of them packing the box. You've got Hendo who wins his header on the edge of the box. That takes out two of them. It comes to Mo Salah. He's got two and a, two and a half sort of defenders on him. He holds them off with the perfect, perfect first touch and then feeds it to Bobby who takes one perfect touch with his right and then the Dragon Ball finish. It's a beautiful goal. And this team is up there with the greatest because we don't have one player like like Messi in 12-13 or whatever, you know. Barcelona had some other good players, but Messi was always the big star. This is... The whole team is pure talent and hard work and grit. Um... Can we get better, Brian? Where where do you think our areas, uh, you know, where, where can we improve? Oh, you know, listen, let me just say I totally, totally agree with every single word you just said. And I also looked at that goal a few times again and again. And yeah, th that goal really, really gets the essence of this Liverpool team because uh, not only did, uh, like, there was so much desire to, to, to that, that came from that goal because I think uh, Mane chased back he lost possession or he chased down the ball and grabbed the ball off uh, off uh, the Spurs player and it, it went out for a throw in um, the ball went into Hendo and Hendo won the header but the way he won the header he just came flying through and you know knocked it down and you're right the whole team like you know in years gone by it used to be always a gripe of mine. Liverpool were always a two-man team or a one-man team, or there was always one particular player that, you know, the whole strategy was built around and everybody played on the pitch just to get the ball to that player or to those two players like Gerrard and Suarez, you know, whatever. But now you just look at them uh, everywhere, like the, the ball control, but every single player can do exactly what they want with that ball anytime they want it and i think the other i think that's one of the things that really scares the opposition teams as well it's not only are they you know this team is so full of desire so full of running and they'll do anything but they can literally do anything they want with the ball and they can do it in tiny tiny spaces right so the ball goes down to salah 
and and it's so i mean the, the what they're doing is so subtle but so magnificent i mean the the that movement that bobby made and he just you know drop of the shoulder it was almost like he he fake moved shifted his weight and just totally left the defender for dead and as you know matt said bang thunderbolts i mean the, in the replay of the goal, you can see the ball is already going past the goalkeeper when he starts to move his hands <laughs> to save it. It's just brilliant. And in terms of getting better, I don't know. I mean, it's really difficult. I mean, I think the. I mean, if you were being hypercritical, you could say one area of obvious place that we could probably upgrade is maybe the middle of the park. You know, if you stick Kante in there, um, that might 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 make things even sexier um but overall i just think this this team is just humming humming i mean and 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 like going back to that spurs game again that when they had their little run towards the last uh, 20 minutes i mean that's only natural you can't I, I don't think you can kind of expect to go somewhere like spurs or even as shit as arsenal are these days even arsenal and dominate for 90 minutes. I mean, it's very rare that you do that with the top teams. There's always going to be a period of time where they just throw cautions to the wind and put you under the cosh from time to time. Um, but I just think, you know, they're just absolutely everything they do. I mean, and, and I think it's not one of our best performances because there was a couple of, like, I think Hendo lost the ball a couple of times in the first half. He, you know, he, he, got, he, caught, he got caught on the ball once or twice. Um, but as as teams go, as as all eleven players playing in unison, I I I've not seen another team play this cohesively before. Any team, not just a Liverpool team. I just think they're just all singing on the um, on the same hymn sheet right now. Amazing. So I don't think they can be improved as it is. If we could buy a player, maybe in the centre of the park, and you know upgrades, Genie or Hendo. I mean, uh, maybe, um, but. Yeah, it's difficult to spot a weakness in this team. Does anyone know when Fabinho is back? Tuesday. Yeah, it's next week. Next <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, because that, that'll be a big boost. Uh, but we haven't missed him. Um, you know, that's credit to Henderson. I mean, okay, I mean, you say you gave, he gave the ball away a couple of times. I don't think... I don't think he played badly at all. In fact, I thought he was excellent. He was one of one of the excellent performers yesterday. He actually, I mean, Gene Vinaldum's getting all, all manner of praise I've seen on on social media, and quite rightly. Um, I tend to look at uh, the amount of, um, I mean, I look at the stats all the time, but uh, every week. But I, but with Gene Vinaldum, those games when he goes missing, um, he's he's on about sixty five touches per match. Uh, and in context, for example, uh, Chamberlain had only 42 touches in the whole game yesterday. Salah had 44. I mean, brilliant touches each one. But, uh, you know, uh, Jorginho Vijnaldum yesterday had 99. So he was a lot more visible. He was showing for the ball. He was he was keeping it beautifully. He had 92.9% passing accuracy. And once again, I mention this every single week, 84% is when you're looking at a really good performance. So 92.9% is truly extraordinary. But Jordan Henderson's on 93.3. Um, apart from Shaq, who got 100% with his one touch, <laughs> with his one pass, uh, Jordan Henderson had, had, had the best passing accuracy in the team. He had 106 touches of the ball. And there's something that we did yesterday that you mentioned a bit earlier, which is about the, the sort of um, horseshoe passing, one or two touch at the back. Uh, I remember Guardiola talking about that, saying that he would never do that, even though he does it all the time. Because what it does one or two touches at the back when when they're not really pressing you is it just forces their whole team to move over to the right and then move over to the left and stay in their positions they're not really pressing but it just wears them down mentally and I love that and if there's one thing I think we could improve is actually do that a bit more because I thought it really worked. You could see the Spurs, I mean, you could hear the Spurs fans getting a bit 
you know, annoyed with it, uh, even through the TV. And, uh, you know, you could see the players, their body language, they were getting frustrated with it. But then it would go to Trent and he would try, you know, a bit of a Hollywood ball and lose it. I mean, his passing actually was 81.9. It's still a good performance. But, uh, you know, I thought he, I don't know, maybe lost a bit of patience uh, maybe we could improve in that way. But uh, I, I don't know. I thought Henderson was terrific. Jeannie Vinealdon was terrific that you mentioned before. Chamberlain hit the post. Mo Salah, 44 touches. But uh, among those were three key passes. But the man of the match was Bobby Firmino. Um, he had four key passes, four shots, three on target, that crucial goal, of course, and all of that in just 52 touches of the football. The man is underrated. The man is an absolute genius. Bobby Firmino. Um, they, I mean, poof. what, what uh, is he irreplaceable to us? Probably. Um, it's, uh, I don't know, what did you make of... Uh, the defence, Dave, you know, we had uh, Robertson, Gomez, Van Dyke, Trent yesterday, another clean sheet. We were solid AF, weren't we? Yeah, Owen, um, as I said earlier, the, the, our five-star performance from the five at the back is becoming Hilton Hotel Group clean sheets. It's really, it, it's getting back to the way we were last season where we were keeping clean sheets all over the place. And that's what usually wins your leagues, clean sheets, because we'll always score in games. I think we've scored in 29 games in a row, something ridiculous. That's another record. Um, so if we score, the team have to score at least two to beat us. We don't let in goals, so it's a recipe for um, winning the league. Just the other thing you were saying about Liverpool being, um, you know, not a one-man team or two-man team, which is true. I think this team, this team is organic. It reminds me of the Coral Reef, the Great Barrier Reef. We're all over the we're all over the place. We're alive. We tentacles everywhere. We're we're literally our spine of the team is unbelievable. You look at that spine. Alison in Wonderland, you have VVD, you have Fabinho who's gonna come back. I'd have him in the spine. Hendo's in there as well. And the three amigos up front, Mane, Salah, and Bobby, no look for Mino. What a spine. There's not a better spine in world football. But back to the defense, yeah. I mean, Allison in goal. DVD, Gomez, the young pretender beside DVD, six clean sheets in a row with those two boys there. Um, I just hope Gomez stays in. It'd be nice to have Matip and Lovren on the sidelines. I think they're back in training next week, so that's a little boost. As you know, Nat Phillips came back from Stuttgart on loan um, in January, and actually I think he's going back to Stuttgart on loan after the FA Cup game when we play Brentford or Shrewsbury. Um, because those boys will be back fit. Um, it's just unbelievable. But as I say, clean sheets win your games, clean sheets win your leagues. And um, defensively, we've looked really, really tight. What a tackle yesterday by VVD, um, if you've seen it. <laughs> that tackle, oh my God. That was brilliant. Off. It was Absolutely Thierry, brilliant. Thierry unreal. But um, defensively, yeah, we're sound. We're, we're, we're looking good. Absolutely. I mean, it's we're struggling to to find negatives and I don't really I don't really want to I don't really feel like it but I do think that we got 35 more points to guarantee us the title that's that's a fair amount I gave from the LFC day trippers if you don't listen to them please do it's a brilliant brilliant podcast um he says that you know 10 more wins and he's he's satisfied we'll get five draws uh, from the other matches and <clears throat> that'll see us over the line. Um, but 35 more points. There is still a long way to go, isn't there, Matt? I mean, we can't get too, too carried away. I mean, would, for example, if if the worst happens, touch wood, uh, it doesn't. But, uh, you know, if, let's say, Virgil gets injured, um, is there a chance we our form could fall off the proverbial cliff? I don't think so. It. I mean, a lot of people are saying to me it's over already, but I, I'm I'm hesitant to go that far at this stage. But maybe you're right. Like maybe a couple of really bad injuries could cease. But you know, even like talking about Fabinho before, you know, I I came to rely on him so much. He was like always a starter for me. But we've managed without him. Henderson stepped up and and done an amazing job back in that role. So. I feel like the 
team is big enough now that we have people that could come in and and get us across the line and you know even even on that back line um gomez has been doing an amazing job but matip is you know pretty much ready to come back as well so having them two and virgil out wouldn't be too much of a problem and Lovren has been has been good this year, but do but do you trust them, Matt? To to you know, because Virgil's it's his leadership as well. He's just constantly shouting at everybody to make sure they they just uh, you know do exactly as he says, and then we end up with a uh, six clean sheets in a row. Um, you know, could uh, could Gomez or Matic become a leader? I think Gomez could. Looking at the the game where he he was the senior player on on the field almost. Uh, you know, he was shouting at the young ones all around him um, when we played Everton. And it just, I, at that point, I thought, okay, that's that's where he's going to be in the future. He's he's that leader. He's going to learn everything he can from Virgil. And then he's going to he's going to be able to step up there himself. I like it. I like the confidence. Excellent stuff. Well, just, uh, just a couple more things on the Spurs game before we move on to Man United. Our next match. Ooh, can't wait. Can't wait. What a brilliant time to be a Liverpool fan. Um, so, yes, we won 1-0. We had a total of 777 passes, lucky for some. Uh, and we had 13 shots with seven on target. Spurs had 369 passes, but 14 shots and four on target. And before the days of XG, you would think, well, maybe they deserved a draw. Um, XG, according to Info Goal, was 1.24 for Spurs and 1.59 for us, so we shaded it. But that that big, there's that big chance they had with with uh, Lo Celso when it, I think it was Lo Celso, but he put it wide on his left foot. And uh, apart from that, all of their shots basically are pot shots we've got you know three four five dodgy ones in the in the box and the rest are outside the box you've got a tiny chance of scoring compared to us where all of our shots all of them were either from the edge of the box like the actual line of the 18 yard uh, box or from inside there were three from the 18 yard line and uh, so that what God, my maths. Eleven is that? Eleven from inside the box. So we deserve to win. Mourinho's just—I don't know where he's coming from. Where he said that Spurs deserved a draw. Did they? Heck. So, but this this idea that other teams hate us. Um, Spurs. They have now won just once in 17 matches against us in all competitions. That was the 4-1 win at Wembley. Uh, you know, the Lovren, uh, unfortunately, his horror show. That was back in October 2017. Since then, Dayan Lovren's been brilliant, I think. And that was two years and three months ago. Um, so Spurs' record against us is one once drawn three times and lost 13 times and now when I see Twitter with uh, you know the pubeless masses all complaining uh, about Liverpool and their title and their hatred of us despite the fact that we are you know the only sort of legitimate business I think in the Premier League although don't and I'm not sure about that um, uh, you know Compared to the others, we don't have oil, money, etc., etc. Um, uh, we're running the right way, but they hate us, and I'm beginning to understand why. Do you get it now, Brian, all this hatred towards us from clubs we don't even think about, like Wolves, etc.? Who, who, who's that? Wolves? Who are they? <laughs> I don't know who exactly. they are. What do they do? Where is that? Is that in England? Is, are they even a team? Um, I, I tell you what, listen, I wanted to just say something to you guys to make you feel a little bit better right, about the Liverpool and the title. Uh, these are the games. I don't know if you've had a look at our fixtures, but these are the um, home games we have left uh, this particular campaign. We play, um, wait there. we play West Ham at home. We play Bournemouth at home. We play Crystal Palace at home. We play Aston Villa at home. <laughs> we play Burnley at home. 
And then the only game that we have that's going to give us any kind of uh, challenge is Chelsea, the, the, the pre preemptive game of, of the season. And then our away games are equally, there's, there's not one single game that sticks out and go, oh, that's going to be tough. With the exception of City, obviously, that's the City game. But everything else, it's... Uh, it's looking really, really good. And I, I don't know. I don't know if they hate us. You know, I mean, I, I am, I'm so glad I, I'm not into Twitter. I don't do Twitter. Occasionally, I look on Twitter when something bad has happened in the world and just try to figure out, you know, what's happening um, quicker than what traditional news gives you. But other than that, I don't really follow it. So I'm kind of immune to all the nonsense that goes on there. Um, but I got the I got the consensus that you know the the, the non bitter you know more than three brain cells fans out there all quite want Liverpool to uh, a, a large percentage of them think fair enough we're the best team we're playing the best football um, I mean the, the 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 blue shite will always hate us no matter what happens and you know Man United fans it's their job description to hate us no matter what but I think the vast majority of the neutrals you, you have to give it to this team we are so obviously the best team in the league this season and anybody who says anything against that is just fucking don't don't, don't even need to listen to them you know um, so I'm I, I don't know if, are, are we hated that much I don't know I mean according every but Twitter everybody hates everything on Twitter anyway right <laughs> that's very true yes that's very true it is a it is a hotbed of hatred um, there are occasionally some funny videos that keep me going and of course lots of lovely lovely stats about our beautiful team um, and uh, you know some of our players are on there as well and uh, potentially our manager who knows hello Jurgen if you're listening to this if you're not then maybe you should um the uh, um let's move on manchester united you know let's have a talk about that manchester united um since we drew with them at old trafford that was on the 20th of october um we have recorded 12 wins we have beaten <gasps> Tottenham, Villa, City, Palace, Brighton, Everton, Bournemouth, Watford, Leicester, Wolverhampton, Sheffield United, and then Tottenham again. Of course, it's easy to say, but each of those had their own challenges, and and uh, we won, um, you know, lots of those by just a single goal. For example, against Crystal Palace, Brighton, Villa, Tottenham uh, twice. Um, uh, Wolverhampton, we, we, only, we only won by a single goal, but that's some way to bounce back from a draw at the old toilet, isn't it? Um, uh, Manchester United, on the other hand, their last one, two, three, four, five Premier League matches, they lost away to Watford on the 22nd of December, happy Christmas, then they beat Newcastle at home 4-1. Then they beat Burnley away, who had a really bad period, uh, but good result for Man United. Then they lost in the Premier League on New Year's Day. Happy New Year to Manchester United fans. Arsenal beat them 2-0 on New Year's Day. Uh, then they drew in the FA Cup against Wolverhampton and then... They lost, of course, to City. They got trounced in the League Cup. But then back to the Premier League, they beat Norwich City 4-0 uh, yesterday. So, um, up and down, very inconsistent. Um, are you... I mean, but, you know, as we were talking about a little bit before we started recording, they're always a difficult team, aren't they, Matt? Um, Manchester United. What do, what do you make of them this season? Yeah, it's always about which Man U is actually going to turn up, isn't it? They've they've been really up and down, and, and just some of those results, like you just don't know why they ended up that way. Like I'm thinking about the Watford one. Um, just there was no rhyme or reason for why they played that badly. So, you know, it's really going to depend on how they turn up and how they set up. And I think that's probably our problem. As as you said, we were talking about it just before. I I don't know why we keep on having a problem with them, but it's almost like the big boogeyman that we get scared about Man U more than we do about uh, even Man City, say. So it's going to depend on what they look like and how they set up. 
Um, but I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling pretty confident that we can. We've learned a lot since we played them last. Some of that hesitancy that you saw in that game, we haven't really seen since. Like We are moving the ball around a lot quicker, and we're not afraid to go head-on uh, against the packed defence now as well. So, yeah, I'm feeling good. Excellent stuff. Excellent answer. Are you feeling good, Dave? Well, that's a private question. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm feeling confident, obviously. Our home record is just unbelievable. I won't even go through it. I'm sure you have stats thrown up there. And as you said, Man United's away form is sketchy at best. They cannot be looking forward to coming to Anfield next week. And there's no, there's no doubt about it. They are a hoodoo team against us. We were talking about it earlier. I mean, with the 1-1 draw at Old Trafford, I thought was a good point in the end because they, they could have been 2-0 ahead at that stage before Lalana equalised late on. I thought that was a point gained. A lot of people say we should have beat them and stuff like that, but maybe if there was another 10 minutes in that game, we might have beat them. But it was a point gained for me. It's the only draw we have this season. Um, it's the only blot on our copybook. We didn't play well that day. Um, as I think it was Matt who was saying earlier, we seem to freeze when we play United. I don't know what it is. It's it's psychological probably, and um, it all depends on what way they play. They set up. It all depends on the tempo of the game. If we start the game right, which we usually do, the place will be packed. It's a viable game. It's the biggest viables uh, United are and still still are and probably will be. Um, but I expect us to beat them. I'm actually going for two 0 I did a video yesterday saying we beat them two 0 But um, just we're in the right frame of mind. We, it's a big game. We'll be up for this. Um, similar to the City game at Anfield. And we'll just go with them, get an early goal, and we'll kill them. I mean, defensively, they're all over the shop. Lego head, Maguire, I don't know what he's doing. He's 80 million. He isn't worth 8 million. Um, they're, 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 you know, they're, looking, they're looking at young Mason Greenwood, who, who I have to say is a really good uh, young lad. But they're putting a lot of hopes on him. Rashford is in a bit of form. Just keep him quiet. They have nobody really else. Um, they've nobody else. They've no midfield. We should be beating them comfortably. I know it'll be a nervous game on the day, but I think if we get an early goal against, we start the game at the right tempo at Anfield, there should be only one winner, and I'd be confident that um, we maybe could beat them. Excellent answer. Um, I think there were some some planes going overhead. There's there were there were some sirens outside. There are people on their way to PSG Monaco. It's going to kick off tonight, as we're recording this about an hour. Um, but uh, yeah, so forgive uh, forgive me, listeners, for having that in the background. But no, very, very interesting answer, Dave. Exactly. Um, you're going for a two nil. You think we're going to learn the lessons? I mean, the last time we played at Anfield, we had thirty six shots to their six. It was absolute domination with eleven only eleven on target, and of course those two second half. Goals by Cherdan Shakiri, the power cube. Um, are you as confident, Brian? Um, I am, but I'm gonna temper it because <laughs> the last time we played United, I think I might have uh, jumped the shark just a little bit. So I'm gonna keep my powder very, very dry <laughs> on this particular game and just say, you know, uh, yeah, it's gonna be okay. I'm not going to I'm not going to say how I really feel because I don't want to jinx the game. Um, but uh, they have their uh, replay with Wolves on Wednesday night. And I've got a I've got a sneaking suspicion that they're going to put a lot of stock in that game because I think Ollie needs to do something this season because I can't see them getting into Europe. And uh, a chance of an FA Cup might just kind of give him an extra six months in the job. Um, so we've got that going, but you know, we're playing at home. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quietly confident, but I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna over egg it. I'm just gonna, let's see how we get on. Well, I, I mean, I use the word destroy. I think we would destroy them, I think, with our Manchester United preview back in October. Um, of course, we didn't. And uh, you're right, it was a point gained. I totally uh, agree with you, Dave, uh, when, uh, a bit earlier when you said that. But, Brian, staying with you, what do you think we need to learn from that match? What do you think we need to do differently this time to avoid, you know, we, we couldn't keep the ball in the first half, really? I think, you know, we just got to go out there and put it on them, right? I mean, you look at their starting lineup and it's just, it's not a good team all over the place. They, they, they don't, if we can't take four points against this United team at home, then 
I don't know. I mean, I just think we've been a little bit unlucky with them the past year. Like the, the game last season, I think we decided just to take the point. And uh, who was, how were we to know that City would go on that crazy run forever? We thought like a point away at Old, Old Trafford is, is, is okay. But I think we've shifted now. We're the European champions, the world champions. And uh, with this City team, even though we are so far ahead of them, you know that we just can't get complacent. We don't want to give them any reason to think, oh, wait, it might not be over. We want to keep that gap as uh, unrealistic for them as, as possible. So, um, you know, we can't take our foot off the gas. And I think that's one of the, that's the, one of the hallmarks of this particular Liverpool team this season. You just, they just don't stop, right? They're not, they're not resting on the laurels. A couple of opposition managers have, have passed comments on it. They're just, you know, uh, they're so relentless. They're, they're all working hard right to the 90th minute. And uh, I think um, in uh, previous games against United, I think that whole hoodoo and oh it's united and and whatnot it was kind of sitting in our heads or sitting in the players heads a little bit and with each game that has gone past and each game that we have won and each trophy that we have won that that voice has become smaller and smaller and smaller um so you know i think you're going to see another um game very much like the game against spurs that we just seen even though it wasn't a perfect game we were the obvious top dog on that pitch. We were the top team. It was very obvious that we were the top team and they were just trying to get something. They were just trying to get a point off us in their home ground. Um, and uh, I just don't think they'll be able to live with us, you know. Um, but, you know, it's it's a derby or, or you know, it's, a, it's, that, it's the big game of the season, right? So crazy shit happens um in those games but i think we've been benefited from from var i you know um like if it's a game of football we'll win you know um for like i say i think that i was on the on the show before the last game and i was like we will destroy them we will we'll beat them so badly they'll never want to play football again <laughs> and that i'm reminded of that so so now i'm just going to try and keep it a little bit more on the down low and uh, yeah, I think, look, you know, we'll be fresher than them as well because they'll play midweek um, and we'll have a whole full week of training. And usually when that happens uh, with Liverpool, they come out very, very, very strong. So I, I can't see anything but a win and maybe a big win. I'm not going to say it is, but maybe. Well, thank you. Yeah, very good answer. Yeah, very good. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Um, in terms of a lineup, Matt, um, uh Presumably, you wouldn't change the back four, uh, back five, including the goalkeeper, uh, and then. It, but then, in midfield, what would you do? Would you keep it the same with Hendo, uh, Genie? Let's assume that Fabinho isn't back for this one. It would be too soon for him. Uh, with uh, yeah, so with, with Hendo, Genie, Chamberlain, and then the front three. Would that would that be your your first choice? I think I think much the same as Spurs, to be honest. I, I really enjoyed seeing Chamberlain back, although I think some of his game at Spurs looked a little bit rusty. Um, but before he got injured, he was really starting to hit some high points. So I think more game time for him, the better. Um, you know, obviously, I'd love to see Minamino come in or come on, be on the subs maybe and come on. But maybe that's just because he's a new toy. And I just want to see how he fits with that senior team. But... I think go with the same lineup and Minamino on the on the sideline. Um, I love seeing Shakiri come on, um, so that's always always a great thing to see. Depends what the game does as well. You might want to have Milner there just to shore it up at, towards the end. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a shame. But I think Milner's uh, still going to be injured for this one, uh, but yeah, Lalana can come on, and you know you've got loads of things. Would you, I don't know. What do you think, Dave? We we do have options in midfield. Other things you could spring a surprise and bring uh, Takumi Minamino on. What what would you do, Dave? Yeah, it, it, as you said, on uh, the back five pick themselves, the front three pick themselves. It's only really the the, the middle three, and it's been like that for a long time. The club they they're the usual ones that he, he mixes around. Hendo is a, is a mainstay now, as club captain. He's in there. Big foot in the Henderson, standing all over the midfield. Genie out of bottle, Genie. 
those two look to be obviously Fabinho. I think it'd be a bit early for him, but he'll be when he comes back and he's fit, he'll be straight in as well. But Chamberlain he didn't do a lot against Spurs. He looked a bit rusty, as you said earlier. I have a feeling he might play Lalana. He might start Lalana. Lalana might be the only change from the starting lineup. Um, he deserves the game. I was surprised actually. He missed out. I thought he would have started against Spurs. So I think that might be the change. Depends what happens in midweek. We've got a full week um, of training. Week to organise ourselves and get ready for this big game. As the lad said, United have a midweek FA Cup replay against Wolves. Wolves will give them a game. So that's good news for us as well. And um, I, I just feel confident going into this game. As confident as you can be. But I, I think Lalana could start. I'd love Takumi Minamino to start. But... It's just it's too too big of a game maybe for him to start. I, I maybe Klopp might have a little little thing up his sleeve. You never know. I mean Minamino could play any of the boys up front. The three he could play in Salah's position. You know he could play any any of the front three positions as well. He might give one of them a rest. But um, I, I think Lalana for um, Ox Oxmeister might be the change. And of course Shakiri on the bench is great. He's a great record against United. Scored those two goals last season at Anfield against them. I call him. Roblox boy, by the way, Shakiri Roblox boy. But um, no, I'm confident going into this. But I think Lalana for Ox could be the change there. Everything else stays the same. <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah, they good point about yeah, Man United. They they got the third round replay, the FA Cup. That's on Wednesday. Uh, kicks off at seven forty-five. Um, that could really help us. I mean, unless it helps them with their keeping their rhythm and all that stuff, but uh, it could help us. Um, yeah, Brian. What sort of score do you think it's going to be, and what and would you, what midfield would you pick? Um, you know, I'd go with probably much, pretty much similar team that we put out today. Uh, I wouldn't make any changes really. I think um, Ox needs a run of games now um, to get up fully to speed. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing. Minamino, uh, come on! Is that I? I'm not sure if that's how you say his name. Um, uh, I get some kind of game time, but yeah, I would go same again. Uh, I, you know, I'm. I'll take a win, any kind of win in that game. I don't care how it happens. I'm not like Man United are just not even a thought now. They're just they're just another team that we have to beat. Um, it's uh, it's uh. It's obviously it's a big game and it's their Champions League final, right? You know, <laughs> if they can take a point off Liverpool, that they're basically us <laughs> in our shittest moments, <laughs> you know, eight years ago. The only thing we had to look forward to was maybe derailing Man United's inevitable push to the title each year. Um, and that's where they find themselves now. Um, but, you know, there's just too much quality in the team. I mean, I think it'll be... It, it, I think we should be able to beat them by two clear goals, easy. Very good answer. Yeah, um, they're going to have uh, Fred and and Matic. Uh, I mean, holding in midfield for them probably. I mean, Klopp said recently in in an interview that he likes to be as unpredictable as possible, and he often. I mean. I, pff, we're often wrong with our predicted lineups and things because Klopp, he he does spring surprises very, very often. The same can't be said for Solskjaer with his team selection. So presumably, I don't know, yeah, Fred and, and Matic holding and, you know, £80 million man in the back, at the back, or the million-dollar man, maybe they should call him because he's only worth that, really. Um uh, I, I I'm a little bit worried about Rashford though. I've got to say because he's in sparkling form. He's a really good player, um, but uh, I don't know. I I I do fancy us for a, a narrow two-one victory uh, to you know just to piss Pep off, Pep off even more. Um, uh, yeah, just a quick score prediction from you as well, Matt. Yeah, I'm going to go with Brian. I think uh, I think two above, um, probably two nil or three one. I would say. Lovely stuff. Thank you very much. And the last thing I want us to do is just take a little moment to honour our uh, African Federation Player of the Year, Sadio Mane. Um, I looked at some 
Interesting stats, a player comparison between Mane and Salah. Not that I want to compare them. I mean, I love them both. But just for a bit of context, um, Sadio Mane's got 11 goals and 6 assists in the Premier League this season. Um, I can't remember if that's 20 or 21 matches, but it's 11 goals and 6 assists. He's doing brilliantly from that left wing position. You can't really ask for more than that. Although he has missed 14 big chances, which is a massive amount to miss, uh, you know, in comparison, Mo Salah, who has a reputation for being wasteful, has only missed seven big chances. So that's a double for Sadio. But in terms of defensive play, get this, Sadio Mane has made 30 tackles in the Premier League. Mo Salah, who's good in defence, you know, good at defending from the front, has made eight. So 30 tackles to Mo's eight. Um, And in terms of his all-round play, his touch, that snarl, that snarl is something that's going to, it's etched into my brain, that Mane snarl and his smile and, you know, his celebrations. He was copying Bobby again yesterday. It's just, I don't know, what can you say about Sadio Mane, the African Player of the Year, Dave? I'm talking to Mane in the mirror. I'm asking Klopp to make a change. What a player. Mane in the mirror. This guy, it's hard. I'm making songs about him. That's how hard it is to talk about him. But Mane has been unbelievable for, I'd say, about 18 months. I mean, he's took up the mantle of Mo Salah. He has just come on. He's put goals to his finish. And I know you said he missed 14 big chances, but he's still scoring. He's putting chances away. His defensive play has improved immensely. He's tracking back. He's getting stuck in. He's gnarly. He's aggressive. He has pace. He has everything. He's actually genuinely world-class now. I know the front three are world-class, but he is, he's moved up to that level now. African player of the year. Mane in the mirror. Wow. I mean, if he, put, if he even put half of those missed chances away, he'd be top goal scorer in the Premier League. There'd be no doubt about it. I mean, that's... I think he was joint top goal scorer with Salah and Aubameyang last year. But um, he'd easily be top goal scorer now. But uh, he, he is just such an important player for Liverpool. Um, he is he is everything you need in the centre forward. Well, I wouldn't call him a centre forward, but the front three players as a unit, really. So it's hard to call him. He's just a forward player. But um, defensively, he's improved so much. And um, I think he can even get better. And wait, wait. The Premier League and the world watch. This face, congratulations to Mane in the mirror. Lovely answer. A uh, bit of bit of wacko jacko there. The man, the Mane in the mirror. I like it. I like it. Well done, Dave. Uh, that's, that's a great answer. Um, he I, he could be a striker, couldn't he, Matt? I mean, he's he's that good. He, he's deadly. He gets into positions. He could be a striker, but equally he could be a left back, couldn't he? Because he just makes all these great challenges. He's everywhere. He's got it all. Talk to me about Sadio. That defensive thing that he did at Spurs game, like that just really blew me away. Just crucial tackles at crucial points and just disrupting their play and just that surprise that no other opposition team is ever going to want to deal with. So, yeah, really exciting. And just just how he keeps growing. Like, it just keeps getting better and better. And as we pointed out, like, he's missed chances. So there is improvement there. And that's that's exciting to, to see what, what happens there. The, um, yeah, I, I haven't really got much more to say about him. Like, I just want to see him improve. But are we worried about him going? I guess I wanted to put that back to, to everyone just because there's, there's rumours out there at the moment. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very, very unsettling thought, isn't it, Brian? What do you reckon? Are you worried about it? No, because I'm going to stand by my man, nay. Not to be outdone by Dave. I just thought I'd get, get the singing in there, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, what can you say about that guy? I, can, I, I remember distinctly like Southampton, bitter Southampton fans ringing at the 606 saying, oh, Liverpool's been done. You know that money is a, he's a waste of time. He's only a big game player. He 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 just turns up for the big games and he goes missing again. And then ever since he's joined our club, he has just been 
gold. And when like I think it was was it last season when everybody was screaming and shouting about Salah, what people didn't realise is the amount of work that Mane does for the the other two players up there. People like the obvious people, one that people talk about is Bobby, because he he's just an, so obviously a grafter. But if you look at the the assists that Mane puts in, um, you know he's just a Rolls Royce of a player. And as Dave says, yeah, he is now clearly world class, clearly. And you, you just get the feeling like last season he was the player for me that was really just absolutely pulling the team over the over the finishing line every time. You just feel like he's so hungry to not just win games, but to win titles. Um, and, and this season, just, I, I just feel like he, he, he has this uh, nonchalance that world-class players have where he looks like the best player on the pitch or you know, he wants people to know that he is the best player in the pitch. Just almost shades of uh, Ronaldo about him as well because he's becoming so powerful. Um, I mean, he's always been a, you know, a unit of a of a man, um, but now he, he just looks so strong on the ball, um, and uh, you know he you know he, there's still room for him to get better and better and better, and he he's just great, you know, and he's such a such a decent human being as well, um, you know that people don't mention that about him as well. He's such a sweet guy and a humble guy, and you know we can be proud of him on the pitch, but equally proud of him off the pitch. I love the guy to pieces. Superb answer. Yeah, absolutely. Remember the cop on test, uh, listeners, um, is uh, if you're not sure about a famous person, are they nice? Are they not? Sometimes you can't tell. Sometimes their fame gets in the way. Just ask yourself the simple question. This is the cop on test. Would you invite them for a barbecue? And with Sadio Mane, you would 100%. If you wouldn't invite Sadio Mane to your barbecue, then I don't want to come to your barbecue. And I don't think many people would, because Sadio Mane, he would light up any barbecue. Not literally, but with his personality, uh, figuratively. Um, That's about all we've got time for on that glorious note, talking about the wonderful Sadio Mane. I don't think he, he, he can leave... Uh, because I think we we should just offer him, you know, a gargantuan contract and just uh, I don't know, just I don't know if necessary, sort of chain him uh, to to the Melwood walls. Um, uh, because I mean he's he's just wonderful. Um, anyway, I want to thank you so much, uh, Matt, Brian, Dave. It's been a, a total pleasure having you with me today to talk about the mighty, powerful Reds, who in the last 38 Premier League matches have lost none of them. They have drawn five and they have won 33. So thank you very much, gentlemen. It's a pleasure talking to you about this wonderful team. Cheers, you'll never walk alone, baby. It's been emotional, guys. It's been really emotional. I'm going to bed now because it's 3.30 or 3.10 in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) And thus, as the sound of the Pied Piper's flute suspiciously dies away over the horizon of this episode, may I simply say a big thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to get involved in the cop-on conversation, please do send us some hate mail, some love mail, or some indifferent mail to coponpodcast at gmail.com. You could follow us on Twitter at coponpodcast. Support us for as little as one US dollar per month via patreon.com forward slash coponpodcast. Or if none of that quite floats your boat, tickles your pickles, or cajoles your holes, it would be marvellous, simply marvellous, if you could just tell someone about Copon, a podcast dedicated to you, the worldwide. LFC family. Up the record-breaking Reds.